0: Stone goal for Rapino, goal number 50 for her. She's the leader now in the Golden Boot Race. Mewis, LaBelle, Rose up the middle. Looking, cutting, shooting,
1: go! LaBelle to the US. Come on, could you
0: have the party start? You hear that music? From Shaw
1: Bend, Indiana. That's in America. It's Sports Yak. This is Jimmy Schwartz. Thank you, Studio DNA Podcast Network. <laughs> and here's your host, Corey Mann. an Indiana Broadcast Hall of Famer,
0: Chuck Brevy. <laughs> That's good. Now turn it off.
1: Welcome to a new week. Welcome to episode 114 of the Sports Yak. It's the Raleigh Fingers episode.
0: Do you remember Raleigh Fingers? The name kind of rings a bell. He was probably the first prominent relief pitcher in Major League Baseball. He a uh, terrific handlebar mustache, pitched for the Oakland A's, then he pitched for the Brewers on their uh, World Series team. But he won 114 games in his Major League career, all in relief. Wow. So he'd get called in at that time relievers came in like your closer would come in in the seventh inning okay
1: raleigh fingers
0: you got any spirit fingers over there for me i don't oh i don't sorry nor hey, uh, did i grow a handlebar mustache for the show
1: today i uh i threw a curveball this last week and added a phone number to call the show yeah what what's that all about uh for questions comments or just let us know where you're listening at
0: do they call in live they can't call it live no, we can't they, do that no
1: if it's really super awesome we'll figure out a way did anybody call the hotline yet yes Lemmy, me our overnight guy to let me know that the wrong program was playing on the radio station <laughs> because it's basically my cell phone number but we thought oh, i'd experiment I see. So 574-210-7950. Leave us a message, a comment, a question, or where you're listening. You might make it on the show. You never know. You never know. So be clean. Oh, I'll edit it up. Cuss all you want. <laughs> I got Bro. a beeper button. Groaning. You want to send yourself an email. You want to send yourself an Email. Uh, We did get an email over the weekend. Good afternoon. Just wanted to thank you guys for such a great podcast. As a college student going for broadcasting video production, episode 113 was great. Gave me some motivation and some great advice to keep working hard for what I want. My dad and I are both active listeners of the podcast. Just want to say keep up the great work. Have a great holiday weekend. Tyler Miller enjoyed the best of Sportscaster Camp.
0: Thank you, Tyler. Tyler, I know you're a 46 Sports Twitter follower as well. Appreciate you listening to the Yak. I'll throw in one more, and and to be honest, I have not listened to episode 113. You don't have to because you were on it. Because it was too much me. <laughs> uh, it's a good episode, Chuck. But I, I will throw this in because I was thinking about this, and it's uh, coincidental that you were chatting with Willie Geist through Twitter That's over right. the weekend. Willie Geist of the Today Show and does a lot of interviews. And one of the things that Willie talks about is he doesn't take his notes with him into the interview. He tries to basically memorize the questions he's going to ask. But the other thing that that allows you to do when you're not sitting there with your notes is to concentrate on what your interviewee is saying. Mm-hmm so that you can ask the follow-up question now i do think we've talked about that before but i think the follow-up question is something of a lost art because especially we have you know press conferences and the way things are set up where it's often a mass interview Uh, but when you get by that you
1: mean multiple people trying to get the audio bite right okay And and someone could jump in and interrupt your train of thought exactly
0: yeah But I think the follow-up question and basing it on what the interviewee says, they say something that you feel requires either clarification or prompts a curiosity from you. That's usually where I find most of the good answers come from.
1: Willie Geist doesn't use uh, a paper full of questions because he doesn't want them to feel like they're being interrogated. Right. He'd rather have a conversation. I would follow up by, I was listening to the episode Friday after I left here at work, and there's something I thought about. It's slightly painful, but if you're doing a pre-recording like you and I are doing right now, you ask the question, they do the answer, but you're not quick to jump in. You kind of let it air out just a moment because sometimes their follow-up to their own answer is pretty incredible. Yes. Like it made them think of something else and another thought, and they'll throw that in because, you know, you're not too quick to go, all right, the next whatever. It's slightly painful because there's a moment of just kind of letting it air. You won't know that in a you know a post-interview. Um, I don't know that I would do that on the air in there with people. No, if you're going live, that yeah. can. That's a different animal. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Good episode. You should listen to it. The guy talking's really good. I might. Uh-huh. Let's see here. You want to start with the Women's World Cup? That's a big uh, deal.
0: Well, that seems to be the, the big story that people are talking about. Especially uh, since they beat Norway. The Well, no, they didn't beat Norway. <laughs> Fresh out of bed and head-to-head <laughs> caller. Thank you. How did he win anyway? Yeah. Anyway, uh, the U.S. over Netherlands 2-0. U.S. never trailed in the whole tournament, which I found very impressive. And for all the talk about Megan Rapino, and give her the credit, she, she scored the goals. She was the leading goal scorer and won the Golden Boot Award for the top player in the tournament. For all the talk about her, I was extremely impressed with the defense of the U.S. team. I think they only allowed three, maybe four shots on goal in the championship match against a very good Netherlands team, a Netherlands team that is considered to be the, the top team in Europe right now. And kudos to the Netherlands as well. They have really developed their program in a hurry. They only made the round of 16 four years ago and now get to the championship match. But there was no question that the speed of the U.S. team was on display in this match. And they were basically able to beat the Netherlands to every loose ball that was out there. How about the men? Uh, the men fall to Mexico, 1-0 in the Gold Cup final. Josie Altador blows a, what seems like a shot at a wide-open goal early on. Then Jonathan Dos Santos scores for Mexico, 1-0. And so... The, the big issue right now is this pay gap between the U.S. men's team and the U.S. women's team. And I may have overstated it before. I, I was going off a of fact that I saw in their article, but I'm not sure that this was true, that the U.S. women were making one-thirteenth of what the U.S. men did. Uh, there is a pay gap between the two teams. Uh, And the pay gap is even more startling when you learn, and the Wall Street Journal reported on this, that over the last three years, the U.S. women's team has actually generated more revenue for the U.S. Soccer Federation than the U.S. men's team has. Now, there is some complexity in this pay gap. Um, If you look at the top five players from each roster, Mm -hmm. the men are paid more than the women are. If you get down into the 10 to 15 range on the roster, the women are actually paid more than the men are. So part of the reason for that is the women are paid, whether they're playing or not, they receive a stipend, And then they receive more when they play games. They get less from FIFA. And the reason they get less from FIFA is because on a worldwide basis, the Women's World Cup does not draw the audience that the Men's World Cup draws. That should be expected since the Men's World Cup has been going on since the 1920s. And the Women's World Cup has only been going on since the 1970s. So the total purse that FIFA doles out for the different World Cups, the men's versus the women's, is extravagantly higher for the men than it is for the women. Now, for the U.S. Soccer Federation, they seem a little more equal in their pay. Um, So... There is some complexity there, but I would say because the U.S. women's team is actually bringing in more revenue, it would be good if at least the U.S. Federation could make sure that the top players, the Rapinos, the Alex Morgans, the Alyssa Nairs, were making the same as their male counterparts
1: and Rapino has a a time frame right now a limited window of opportunity especially in the US to be branded with cornflakes and Nike and you know fill in the blank on any kind of brand because in about another 3 weeks the name
0: will be forgotten well and and this this is the problem for both the US men's and women's soccer team in my opinion is that not so much for the Rapinos and the Morgans. They've kind of established themselves. But let's face it, Corey, if you took the flags and the country label off of those, off of that game yesterday, mm-hmm. would you have watched? If you just said, here are the players right. and they're going to go play, no. would you have watched? No. And this segues nicely into NBA free agency. Because the NBA has done a great job of making it a league more about the players than even the teams.
1: Yes. I noticed on your morning script there was no NBA stuff, so I, I got worried at first. Did I fall into the media hype of what happened over the weekend with the NBA? Because it seems like something new has occurred.
0: Well, the NBA, the big story of the NBA, and and I didn't put it on the Monday sportscast because it happened overnight Friday into Saturday, Mm -hmm. was Kawhi Leonard and Paul George joining the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers traded to Oklahoma City and they gave up a ton of draft picks to get Paul George. And then by obtaining Paul George, they showed Kawhi Leonard, hey, we're serious about trying to win here. It's not going to be just you. Yeah. And Kawhi Leonard joins the Clippers. And now the balance of power in the league has shifted so much that the Clippers, this franchise that has not only never won an NBA title, they've never even made the Western Conference Finals. The Clippers are now the odds-on favorite, even over the Lakers, to win the NBA title next year. Wow in Vegas. That, that's where the gambling nods are. But let me back up to the point that I was making about the NBA. So now you tune into the NBA and you follow players like LeBron and Kawhi and Durant and all these guys, and it really doesn't seem to matter what team they're playing for. You're watching because of the player. Yes. You're not watching because of the team. LeBron has played for what? You know, three different teams, the Cavs, the Heat, back to the Cavs, and now the Lakers. People people don't care what team he's on. They want to watch LeBron. Kawhi has been with San Antonio, Toronto, now the Clippers. They don't care what team he's on. They want to watch Kawhi. And the NBA has done a marvelous job of making this all about the players. And to be honest, behind the NFL right now is the NBA and the sports landscape. I mean, Major League Baseball is getting ready to play its All-Star game and have its home run derby and have have these glorious events which used to be the ultimate thing of summer. And that's taken a complete and utter backseat to NBA free agency. Nobody's talking about the Major League All-Star game. It kind of snuck up on me. Yeah, nobody's talking about that. They're talking about all these moves going on in the NBA. So kudos to Adam Silver and his predecessor, David Stern. They have really set the NBA on terrific footing by making it about the players. And if you look at the revenue sharing in the NBA, the players get the healthiest part of the cut because the NBA understands that without these freakishly good athletes, they'd be nothing. I wonder how, how
1: much uh, Pelican merchandise went up as soon as that name was announced. Zion. You know? Oh, yeah. Just because they like the player. They don't care about the team.
0: And he played one summer league game and then they said, oh, he has a knee problem. He's he's not playing anymore in the mm-hmm. Summer League. Because the Summer League is a waste of time for Zion Williamson. The Summer League is designed for the guys like Bonzi Colson, and Devin Kennedy and Demetrius Jackson. Still trying to. Trying to find themselves a spot on an NBA roster. Yeah. Zion Williamson does not need to play in the Summer League. No. First of all, the first play he's out there." He rips the ball out of some guy's hand, basically ragdolls the dude to the floor, goes in and dunks, and it's like, okay, thank you, next.
1: <laughs> Ouch, my knee. Yeah.
0: Uh, Jimmy Butler is no longer with the Bulls, right? He hasn't been with the Bulls for some time. He's now with the Miami Heat. Uh, his Bulls shirt is available for $1 at Gabe's here in Michigan. <laughs> I saw it over the
1: weekend. One dollar. Yeah. He he's been rather well traveled. You know, for the last twenty plus years, every time I hear you say Michiana and NASCAR, I hear the name Ryan Newman. Of course you do. I'm I was very excited to hear a
0: change in the guard this morning. Young man, name right there in front of you. Justin Haley of Winnemack. Yes. Thank you. I, I knew it was Justin. I was struggling to remember his last name, but he will be a household name. Justin Haley from Winnemac, what an incredible story this is. So he started driving at the age of nine down at the Kokomo Speedway and has worked his way up and was really excited to join the NASCAR truck series. I think he did that at the age of 17 or so. Winnemac native, he he has since moved down to North Carolina Mm -hmm. because that's where you go if you're in stock car field so worked his way up through the truck series and this year he is driving what is called the Xfinity series which is kind of the minor league circuit of NASCAR Furniture Row pulled out of NASCAR sponsorship so yanked their sponsorship away from some cars and this Shire Motorsports that Justin is part of decided, okay, we'll, we'll take a flyer on one of the NASCAR cars, and we can't really afford to ride drive every race, so we'll pick and choose where we try to qualify. Mm-hmm. So he qualified 34th out of 40 for the Coke Zero Sugar 400 over the weekend. It was supposed to be run Saturday night. They had all kinds of storms in Florida, so they postponed it to Sunday. He's driving Sunday, and he's moved up from 34th to 27th. And he's just tooling along, trying to make sure that they don't wreck the car because the backup car's already been wrecked. And it takes a lot of money to fix these cars if you wreck them up. And the, you know, the company, the organization doesn't have a whole lot of money. So mm-hmm. they're just like, just don't go out there and get in a wreck. And all of a sudden in front of him at Daytona is a 17-car pile and he, his instruction is don't wreck the car. So he's basically, i got to make sure I avoid this, and he does. Well, if you're driving 27th and all of a sudden 17 cars in front of you go out of the race, you get to move up in a heck of a hurry. And he winds up at some point in third place. And the two leaders, and I don't know if they're – Their spotters weren't watching the radar, or if they were truly going to be out of gas if they went one more or two more laps. The two leaders go into the pits. So Justin Haley is all of a sudden tooling along in first place, and suddenly out of the sky comes a lightning bolt. Well, now you got to stop. You can't, they won't drive when there's lightning. They're not going to. Not a metaphor. This is literally a lightning bolt strikes. A lightning bolt literally strikes. And so they red flag the race, and they're going to wait it out. And an hour goes by, and two hours go by, and two and a half hours go by, and finally NASCAR says, that's it. It's, It's an official race. We've driven enough. And Justin Haley, in just his third Monster Energy Cup Series race, takes the checkered flag and wins and, and Ryan Newman was fifth. You talk about him, he's he's still in there and he's probably gonna make the playoffs again this year. But how about this kid Justin Haley? And here's the other thing, Corey, because he has declared I'm an Xfinity cup driver, not a not a monster energy series cup driver, think of it this way Monster Energy Series is the the major league baseball of NASCAR. Okay. Xfinity is like AAA, and then the truck series would be like AA. Okay, okay. So he says I'm I'm basically a AAA driver, not a major league driver. So you can't get points in both series. You have to declare one or the other. He's declared Xfinity, so he gets no points for this. Now he'll get the prize money, obviously. Uh, but it's funny when you look at the standings and the results. NASCAR is big on listing the points and not the money. He gets zero points. And he looks all of 20. Oh, He is a young pup. It was an amazing weekend for 20-year-olds, an amazing Sunday, because you had this Justin Haley story from NASCAR, and then you've got Matthew Wolf on the PGA Tour. Matthew Wolf, six weeks ago, is playing golf for Oklahoma State and wins the NCAA individual championship. So he goes on, declares, I'm going pro, Goes on to the PGA Tour. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. You have to get exemptions and things like that. And he got an exemption because he's the reigning NCAA champ to play in this 3M Open up in Blaine, Minnesota, outside Minneapolis. And he goes up there, and he's playing, and he's competing pretty well. And gets to the last hole, he's down by a stroke and I think the last hole was a par five, he puts his tee shot in the fairway, he puts his fairway shot on the green, and sinks a long putt for Eagle to win the tournament by a stroke. 20. 20 years old. Wins in just his third PGA Tour appearance. So you've got the 20-year-old Justin Haley winning his third NASCAR race ever, and the 20-year-old Matthew Wolf winning his third PGA Tour event ever. Well,
1: let's get a little younger. As long as we're talking young people, let's go to 15.
0: Coco Gauff. Coco! Did you watch any of her over the weekend? I
1: wanted to, and I keep missing it, but I, I, I love hearing her name in the headlines. I love that
0: there's a 15-year-old just dominating. I am trying to remember. I think it was Friday. She is playing a woman from Slovakia, and she loses the first set, and then, or it's Slovenia, not Slovakia, excuse me. She loses the first set. She is down 5-2 and facing match point in the second set. I have the tweet all ready to go. Great run by Coco Goff comes to an end in the third round of Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just sitting there, I'm watching the match, and I'm ready to hit tweet and send it out mm-hmm. as soon. Match I've, point, I've done that before. Match point, she hits a backhand slice that paints the line so it's good and stays alive, and she works her way back from a 5-2 deficit to win the second set in a tiebreaker and then win the third set to move on to the fourth round of Wimbledon. Amazing, amazing mental toughness in this comeback. And I'm sitting there watching it with my son who – Place on the St. Joe tennis team, and I point out to him when your coach is talking about. He goes, "I am sure we are going to hear about this on Tuesday when we have practice." That that kind of mental toughness. Now, Coco is on the court later today at Wimbledon. She's got a tough tough matchup today. She's got to face the seventh seed of the tournament, Simone Halep, who has won some major tournaments in the past. I mean. Simone Halep is one of the premier women's tennis players in the world. But how about this 15-year-old who, entering the tournament, Corey, had won $78,000 of prize money in her career. She's going to at least quadruple that at Wimbledon alone. (laughs) Plus, because of her performance, I believe the word is out that she will make a million dollars in endorsements by the way at Wimbledon today the top seed on the women's side Ashley Barty goes down in three sets Uh, she lost to an American the last name is Risky and Risky Business was taken care of today everybody so there's an upset Serena Williams wins in straight sets at Wimbledon and Coco Goff and Simone Halep are underway in the first set as we record
1: I was watching John Lester pitch over the weekend, and he had a look on his face, even in the first inning, that someone farted in the car and he couldn't figure out who did it, but it was god awful. Well, what do you mean by that? He just did not seem happy. He's never happy on the mound. He didn't, it looked like it just was not going his way. Like something was
0: off. It didn't early, but he fought through it. Did he? And uh, he wound up getting the win in that game against the Pirates uh, by a score of 11-3. to Cubs had one-two in a row. They won Saturday in the Crosstown Classic. Big five-run fifth inning propelled them to a 6-3 win, although it was another shaky save for Craig Kimbrell in the ninth. Boy, did you see Kimbrell pitch on Saturday I night? I didn't.
1: I wanted to, but...
0: He's got a curveball that is just wicked. Yeah, I don't see how anybody ever gets a hit off of his curveball. The problem is being able to control it. Even the pitch that he struck out Jose Abreu on, it had so much movement on it, it went right through the legs of Contreras. Fortunately, Abreu runs like a woolly mammoth and (laughs) was thrown out at first base, but... Kimbrel and the Cubs win at 6-3 on Saturday. Then the White Sox come back and, and win last night 3-1 as Ivan Nova uh, befuddled the Cub bats, and they get home runs out of Aloy Jimenez and Jose Abreu. So the Sox and Cubs split the Crosstown Classic this year. Each team won two. Cubs go into the All-Star break with a half-game lead over Milwaukee, two over the Birds, and two and a half over the Bucos. White Sox stay precariously one below 500. They had just not been able to break that 500 barrier. We'll see if they can do it in the second half.
1: We're going to see uh, the Cubs play in August. I want to meet the man in the pink hat. I saw him Saturday night at the White Sox stadium, yeah. sitting behind home plate. Just, Believe his
0: last name is Zell. At one time, he contended for ownership of the Cubs. Oh wow. And I think part of the deal that they struck with him to not pursue the ownership was the seats. We're going to give you a right behind home plate. And he says he wears the pink hat because that lets his wife know she can figure out where he, he is. He's at the game. Yeah. 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 And it's very noticeable when he's not there.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. I feel like he could walk up to him and just say hi. And I mean, he's become part like
0: he, a personality. Yeah, he you has. Know?
1: Uh, Tigers
0: are bad. <laughs> uh, they lost to Boston six three. Uh, they're just they're not they're not good. They've been miserable for about a month. Uh, they have one guy, Shane Green, one of their relief pitchers, going to the All Star game. They're they're not good. You although to... they just uh, they just re signed their general manager Al Avila. To a multi-year deal, so they must have some faith in him that he can stir the process. You have been known on this podcast to prophesize. Care to do so
1: tonight's home run uh, derby? Any uh, three big names that you think will rise to the top?
0: Well, I think you need to keep an eye on Vladimir Guerrero Jr., mm-hmm. the Toronto slugger. He is the he is the eighth seed of the eight. But my goodness, can he hit the ball a long, long way. Now, I realize the home run derby is more about hitting the ball a long, long way. It doesn't matter if your home run clears the fence at 375 feet or 475 feet. But I think he's got the kind of swing where he can compete. Cody Bellinger is the National League leader in home runs right now, the Dodgers outfielder. He's really good and he's had a terrific year. And now, how how do they judge
1: tonight's home run derby? It, Just out of the
0: ballpark. Yeah. Just how many in a row? How, not not even in a row. You get ten ten outs oh. usually. So you know, you could have you could hit three in a row, then have a out, then and it's an out if it doesn't leave the yard. If By the you least, swing and it doesn't leave the yard, it's an out.
1: Did you get to play the Google baseball game last week?
0: Did yeah, you? I didn't do as well
1: as you did, but that's okay. <sighs> I had a friend that got 27 runs. Really? I could only get 16 a couple times. How many did you do? I got 12 once. 12? Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Who was your strong hitter, the pizza uh, or I, the double cherries? The ribeye, I The ribeye? Yeah. <laughs> With the bone still in? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. But we were talking, you want a third one for the uh, yes, home yes. run derby?
1: So Guerrera Jr., Bellinger.
0: Um, I would say Josh Bell from the Pirates. I mean, <laughs> I've seen him swing the bat too many times against the Cubs in that series at PNC Park. He's a big guy. He can hit it a ton. All right. We've done our list. We have done our list. Um Let's see here. It'll be interesting. I think Notre Dame could be getting close to naming a baseball coach. Yeah. Uh, I think they're down to a final. I think they've got two candidates that they're deciding between. One is Steve Holm, who is the head coach at Illinois State, former assistant at Purdue. He's probably more familiar with the area. The other is Link Jarrett who is the head coach at UNC Greensboro right now, was the Southern Conference Coach of the Year last year. Uh, two years ago, led UNC Greensboro to the Southern Conference Championship, has had three 30-win seasons in a row. So it'll be interesting which way they decide to go, whether it's going to be home or Jarrett, but it seems like they want somebody who has head coaching experience. Okay, pop culture, because you know, Most of the show is me talking about sports. But I know an easy way to involve my partner here (laughs) is to talk movies or music. And there's a movie out now that combines both. And it's Yesterday. And the premise of the movie, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Mann, is that the world has no idea or no recollection recollection of Beatles songs. Mm -hmm. And so this young singer artist basically he's the only one who remembers the beatles and their music and he goes forth and represents it to the world the world goes through like a power surge he gets hit by a bus wakes up in the hospital
1: missing some teeth he gets back on the mend and his manager of forever gives him a new guitar he opens it up and they're like play a song and he says a great guitar Deserves a great song. And he starts singing yesterday. And the people sitting with him are like, almost weepy, like, where did that just come from? And he goes, it's the Beatles. And they're like, who? John, Paul, George, Ringo. And I have no idea. He goes back and Googles it, can't find anything. Also, can't find Coca Cola, can't find cigarettes. There's a few things that have disappeared in the world. Okay. So he decides uh, to record a handful of songs at this little hole-in-the-wall recording studio, and it elevates him to Ed Sheeran status very quickly. And, Ironically. Yeah. And so then uh, he opens up for Ed. He's in Moscow. And then uh, who's the really funny lady on Saturday Night Live right now? She's, Kate McKinnon. She's, the, she's Ed's manager and she's basically like it is time for you to make me some money and so they record the greatest album of all time (laughs) and he's in this meeting and uh they shoot down his idea of sergeant pepper's lonely Hearts club band they don't get it they don't understand the white album (laughs) and so they just go with a picture of his face and it says one and only and um it's a great premise i think it's a great idea yeah i mean there's a couple more things they could do to add a little bit more comedy to it um but i it's a it's a fun date night movie i think you and diane would enjoy
0: it i think so too
1: yeah and you recognize every single song um there's a little bit of a twist at the end uh i don't want to i don't want to give it away for me but it uh, for the acts but i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it um I enjoy anything that has the music and movies put together. We talked about that off the air this morning. Queen, Elton John, this Beatles movie. There's a <laughs> there's a new movie coming out, and it's an Indian family, and uh, the young boy in the family discovers Bruce Springsteen. Someone gives him Born to Run and uh, Born in the USA, those two cassettes. Okay. And he goes all in. How did he find something to play a cassette on? Uh, well, this is, the movie's in the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and but it's stuff like that. Like, all right, let's let's have some more of that stuff. It feels feels good. So yeah, I give it uh, I give it two living beetles out of four beetles. <laughs> See what I did there? Because Ringo and Paul are still alive.
0: My feet.
1: <laughs> well, George is dead.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, uh, once again, if you'd like to call in the program, I don't know why comments, <laughs> questions, maybe even where you're uh, listening. 574-210-7950 Le- uh, Leave us a voicemail Let's see what happens You can of course email us Like young Tyler did At thesportsyac With 2ks at gmail.com You got it all out of your system? I think so Until next time, Yak fans Ooga
0: looga, Heine Manush.
1: This is the Sports Yak Podcast The following has been brought to you by Rabbit Wigs and the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You've been listening to Sports Yak, all sports information. All that you've just been heard has been copywritten. Don't steal any of this stuff. This is Jimmy Shorts.
0: That's good.